Gentlemen, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your Wednesday night edition of the Sea Report, brand spanking new as it is on this Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossidis, and it is great to be here with you guys this evening for another rundown of the local news. Local, local, sorry, my bad. Local was this afternoon. I apologize. I see you in there, in the audience, Mr. Aurelius Locke, Mr. Railanon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, uh, Aurelius Locke says, you are in rare form this afternoon. If any of you guys did not get a chance yet to tune in and to catch uh, the latest episode of Lone Star News, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, was giving it to you this afternoon. We were talking about some Texas news. We were spilling a little bit of that Texas tea, ladies and gentlemen. Long about uh, 3 p.m. Central Time, wherever that might happen to put you in the world these days. Ladies and gentlemen, Snithers G was definitely a help. We'll see if we'll see if Snithers comes back tonight, Aurelius. But uh, hope you all are doing well on this Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening. I guess, again, depending on where you are in the world, it could be Thursday for all I know. Okay, it probably is Thursday for some of you people on the other side in the eastern uh, hemisphere of this planet. But um, <clears throat> we've got quite the report for you this evening, ladies and gentlemen. I must say, if I do say so myself, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have to just just jump right in. And I say this as I am realizing that I have not even completed all of my pre-show duties to get this show up and on the road. Okay, I'll do it while I'm talking with you guys about uh, a little bit of this and that and a little bit of not. Actually, let me show you guys this video uh, while it's on the top of the mind, while we're kind of just like, you know, easing into a Wednesday night show here at the C Report on Mr. CTV. Um, there's this video I've been wanting to share and it's nothing special. It's nothing, you know, uh, it's nothing. What's the word? It's nothing to write your mom home about. But when we're talking about the level, when we're talking about the level of awareness, discernment, patriotism, love of country, nationalism, love of brothers and sisters, love of humanity, fight for the life, right? Uh, maybe not even fight. Preserve. We don't want to thrive. Just do we just want to thrive or do we want to do more than that? As we restore this republic, ladies and gentlemen, as we restore this republic. Oh, it looks like I've already completed some of this duty here. Um, I think about this video that I just came across, ladies and gentlemen. And since I have your attention, I figured this would be the best time 
to present it to you guys. Now, this video uh, kind of makes me think about how I feel sometimes when I think about the level of like, let's go get them. We're almost to the finish line. We're closer than we've ever been, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever I think about how I feel sometimes, <laughs> this video is actually the perfect way to describe my feelings, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I hope, I hope they describe your feelings too, ladies and gentlemen, because when it comes to feelings and facts, the facts will always win. But when it comes to feelings, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling like this when we're talking about saving our country and uh, restoring our republic here. This is how I feel sometimes when I'm talking to you guys. Check this out. I'm ready. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me line this up. Okay, I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready. We good? We good? Oh my <laughs> God. It just came across my desk one of these days, and I've had it in one of my tabs ever since. <laughs> That's how I feel. Do you guys feel like that sometimes? Do you feel like we're that close to the end? You should. You damn well should be feeling that way, ladies and gentlemen. You know, as far as we have come, I mean, I'm telling you, just watching that video, I feel like 20 times elated, lady, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, but I'm telling you. That's how you should feel, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't feel that way, something's wrong with you. <laughs> We're almost where we need to be. No, I mean, uh, guys, just, you know, you push forward a little bit more. You don't give up, right? You carry on. You survive. You thrive. You become a table full of a million uh, black cat firework explosive bottle rockets, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes that's how I feel. Sometimes I think that's how we should all feel sometimes. You know what I mean? Like uh, all of us should feel like that. <laughs> Everyone should feel like that sometimes. Anyhow, guys. Okay. Clearly, President Trump is on the screen. So it's time to get down to business, ladies and gentlemen. We can't be dawdling on airs here no siri bob we must uh press forward uh so we can get through tonight's report it's gonna be an interesting report let me tell you what 
It's going to be an interesting report. If you're joining us over on Rumble or Twitch, you might have a clue about tonight's topic du jour. If you're joining us over on Pilled or Foxhole or Clout Hub, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you will enjoy. Uh, but let us start with some President Trump statements, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you, thank you, Rail Anon and Sean Joe, both for your gold pill gifts. We got, what, a cookie in the house, and we got 117 gold pills. Much, much appreciated, friends. Okay, time to get into business. We already got the fireworks popping up. The adrenaline is coursing through the veins. What does President Trump have to say for us today? Ladies and gentlemen, let's find out what the Prez has on his mind. If you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen. First statement coming from the desk of President Donald J. Trump. Dershowitz! Never seen anything like January 6th panel before. Never seen anything like a size 2 panty on a size 6 baby. You know, Dershowitz, okay... I'm sorry, President Trump, but uh, you might not want to reference people like Dershowitz too much anymore. It might get people remembering, I don't know, lawyers like uh, Cohn. You know, Cohn, he was a lawyer like Dershowitz. I don't know. I've done heard things about that Cohn guy. Let's finish President Trump's statements. It would do good not to reference you know, uh, plausible deniability type of pedophiles in one statement. But uh, nevertheless, Dershowitz, never seen anything like the January 6th panel before. Never seen anything like that baby staring me with those googly eyes from uh, its little carrier. Dershowitz, you dirty dog. Can we just get through this President Trump statement without your Lolita Express thoughts? Just simply uh, poisoning my thought process? The statement continues, It is a fraud and a disgrace to America. No due process, no cross-examinations, no opposing witnesses, no nothing. Oh, that's what Dershowitz meant. By never seen anything like a January 6th panel before, never seen anything like that toddler staring at me like that in the sunlight. Dershowitz, you dirty, dirty, you need Dershowitz to stop Dershowitz. Mm. So uh, there's a statement on the January 6th unselect committee. My apologies if I have uh, made some of you unselectedly uncomfortable. Let's get to the next Trump statement. Wow! Trump endorsed Dan Cox is doing really well tonight in seeking the Republican gubernatorial nomination from the great state of Maryland. I thought he was running for mayor. Or, no, it's Mayor Dan Cox running for governor. Oh, well. I have not been paying attention to uh, Maryland per se, but uh, perhaps mine eyes shall avert to that direction. Uh, the statement says, not over yet, but Rhino Larry Hogan's endorsement does not seem to be working out so well for his heavily favored candidate. Next, I'd love to see Larry run for president. 
That's got to be tongue-in-cheek and sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen, since uh, Larry Hogan is Rhino. Don't get me wrong. You know I respect, admire, and love President Trump just as much, if not more, than the next Make America Great Again, America First Patriot, but... President Trump has endorsed some rhinos in the past, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know. That might not be sarcasm when he's talking about rhino Larry Hogan. Oh, goodness. I don't know about that, but I guess Larry will have to run for president and see how he does against the juggernaut, the ultra cool America First candidate himself candidate nay president we're talking about president trump oh he's daring him is what it sounds like if you guys catch that drift next statement my two georgia phone calls were perfect more perfect than the ukrainian phone call in fact the washington compost apologized for its incorrect um mischaracterization of one of the calls after hearing it on tape. The other call was made with many lawyers and others knowingly on the line. It was a constitutionally permitted challenge to what I consider to be a corrupt election. It is the election itself that should be under investigation, not those seeking the truth. Is it not funny how that happens, ladies and gentlemen? Is it not funny how that happens? Mm? You know, uh, where in the person who is um, uh, at the helm of the investigation or the person who is inside of the investigation, all of a sudden they become the investigated, not the investigation itself. Uh, I think we've seen that happen also with True the Vote as well over in Georgia of all places. It seems like Georgia is getting some type of a pattern of situational behavior. When it comes to election integrity matters, we shall investigate the investigators. So saith the Georgia State House from governor to legislator and apparently also the Georgia judiciary and the Georgia um, uh, lawmakers. Uh, sorry, not lawmakers, law enforcers like the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, ladies and gentlemen. How corrupt is that, right? Because uh, we've seen it happen with True the Vote. We've seen it happen with President Trump. So clearly, something is going on in Georgia where you are guilty until proven innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, must be some of that crooked progressiveness seeping into the uh, good old law enforcement system or something to that matter, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Hey, Tam Gorel, how's it going? Good evening, Angel. Hope you're doing well tonight. And Kiss, what's going on, Kiss? Good to see you in the audience, Kiss. Oh, you know what, Kiss? I'm going to do this now while I am aware of it because it's in the front of my mind. Since you've been so gracious to help out over here at the Sea Report and the Mr. CTV Chats, 
I hereby grant the modship kiss. Thank you again so much for your support of the show and everything that you do. Anyhow, hope you guys are doing well on this evening. That is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Just getting through our uh, customary President Trump truths, ladies and gentlemen, as we move on into the rest of the report. We are here for a strict two hours tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because if we're not here any less than two hours, well, then we might be running into my time for this is news coming tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after this episode of the Sea Report. So stick around, why don't you? So that you can hear the wise and the um, entertaining falsettos of the bartender, ladies and gentlemen, probably more of a baritone, but still, truths nonetheless. We'll have a good time at 10 p.m. Central Time on This Is News from The Speak Uneasy, brought to you by The Bartender. So you guys make sure you hang around for that, ladies and gentlemen. Let us con- continue because uh, I want to, I really, I'm, I have had so much fun with today's episode, at least for myself. I need to make sure I give you guys as much of the goods as I can before the cracking of the second hour. Okay, so a very sad day, says President Trump. But at the same time, a celebration of a wonderful and beautiful life. I will be leaving shortly for the funeral service of Ivana. She will be laid to rest today this will not be easy. Very, very sad words, ladies and gentlemen. Sad words indeed from our president. You know, and I will be absolutely honest with you guys, and this is my bad. You know you know what they say, you are terrible, Mr. C, at popular culture, and you are terrible, Mr. C, at representing your, uh, you know, uh, preferred lifestyles. How on earth could you get Ivana Trump and Joan Rivers confused? Okay, don't ask me how, okay? You know, it's not that I did not believe my audience when they were telling me that Ivana had passed. But then to find out that she fell down a flight of stairs, ladies and gentlemen, are we talking, and I say this with all due respect, but are we talking falling down a flight of stairs like Ernest Menville style, like flaccid style, like, is that what we're talking about? You know, or are we talking about, she fell down some stairs. Are we talking about, uh, she came home to find her, uh, husband talking with the police officers about a, um, a, a a public, a, a civil dispute. And uh, all of a sudden Ivana was surrounded by five patrol cars with rifles pointing at her head and she decided to commit suicide. So that this way the Las Vegas police could report it was a suicide. Did I get something mixed up there, ladies and gentlemen? Um... For the grace of strong men, ladies and gentlemen, and of course I mean men and women, I mean for the grace of strong humanity, for the sake of steel magnolias, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the grace uh, that this man uh, deals with this departure in his life. She might have been his first wife. She might have been his third wife. Still, 
the grace with which he handles her departure from his life and his children's lives, their children's lives, ladies and gentlemen, is um, a very good example. Ladies and gentlemen, a very good example of uh, of some type of society, uh, civilized society. I don't know. There, there is something classic in that ladies and gentlemen, that I think we could all learn something from if uh, we had the ears to hear it and the eyes to see it, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Either way, again, my condolences to the Trump family. And uh, I think this is the final statement from President Trump for this evening. Congratulations to Dan Cox. NBC fake news just called the race. But in this case, the reporting was not fake for a change. So what that means is either, and you know, guys, I get it. Um, my view will eventually seem kind of cynical when we're talking about elections and the 2022 primaries. You're gonna get, by the end of the primaries, before we get to the midterm election in November, you guys are going to be like, Mr. C, you're always saying that there's fraud. Mr. C, you're always saying that they cheated. Mr. C, you're saying that even if all of the odds were on the up and up, somehow they still cheated in that election. Yes, that is not cynical. That is pragmatic. Okay, now a cynical pragmatist, we're talking long view, right? If you're going to be a pragmatic, cynical person, you're talking long view. You're talking years. You're talking like it's always been this way kind of thing. But if you're talking pragmatic optimist, it's going to be in the moment. Okay. Right now in this moment, I'm very optimistic about the, uh, the um, um, expected experience of election fraud in the 2022 primaries. It's very pragmatic of me. I think being pragmatic is kind of what's allowing me to be a little bit optimistic about this entire debacle about how they keep on stealing the elections even in 2022. How can you, how on earth could you find a Garland Favorito moment in that, Mr. C? Well, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's because uh, since we expect them to steal, it causes us no derision, okay? And we can fully see, we can fully look, we can fully analyze with a certain clarity all of their treacherous moves, ladies and gentlemen. So let them steal, let them steal the 2022 elections. We've already got them under our thumbs in Georgia and in Colorado and probably in a more states soon to come. Ladies and gentlemen, in more states soon to come, but let us get to uh, the main topic for tonight's episode of the Sea Report. I think we're doing pretty good on time. We've got a lot of ground to cover and not a lot of time to cover that ground in, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but something has come up on to the radar uh, that I thought would be most important to bring to the attention. Actually, this is kind of cool for me. 
ladies and gentlemen, kind of cool for me because uh, we'll be doing a little bit of piggybacking tonight. And I'll tell you what I mean, ladies and gentlemen, by a little bit of piggybacking. But uh, I would warn you first, ladies and gentlemen, swamp creature incoming, swamp creature incoming. Territorial integrity, territorial integrity of another country. Of another because imagine if this were Nigeria and a big yeah Newland alert ladies and gentlemen Newland alert okay time to uh time to turn the spotlight once again over to uh, Victoria Newland ladies and gentlemen because this woman is totally on the prowl this woman was totally on the prowl. See you guys hanging out over there. And, uh, you know, I told you guys I was working on that Newland alert, ladies and gentlemen. But, okay, so what is going on here, guys? Because, uh, first of all, what we see, I think, as one of the mainstays, as we begin to uh, turn our attention away from the American shores, right? This is an America first show, but we're going to talk about some of our neighbors, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, after all, this is an international community of sovereign nations. And uh, as we are brothers and sisters in America and neighbors and family, uh, we should be brothers and sisters, neighbors and family to our neighboring nations and the entire international community. Okay. Very, very important. The respect of sovereign natures, the culture, the laws, the beliefs, etc., etc. guys, not even poo-pooing, being 100% with you all right here. Okay. So every time that we come up into discussion with things like regime change, okay, or we come up into discussion about things like overthrowing other governments so that the United States might in itself have a very, uh, what's the word, cogent neighboring government, and maybe not even neighboring, obviously, if, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, regime change in South America in the 1950s and 60s and the Eastern, uh, Eastern Europe, Europe, China, Africa, where, not even China, sorry, but Eurasia, Asia, anywhere you want to go with it, guys. Um, the Middle East, you know, uh, what was I talking about it on a few episodes ago, uh, either here on the sea, it's probably here on the sea report. We're talking about Tulsi Gabbard. Yes, Tulsi Gabbard and Mr. C absolutely believe that the United States of America for a long time has been a participant and has been complicit in operations to overthrow neighboring and, you know, further sovereign governments, overthrowing them in order for whatever their end game is in overthrowing these sovereign nations and replacing their governments with a government that is more cogent 
towards the will of these United States of America when they are commandeered by the deep state-influenced globalists, or I should say globalist-influenced deep staters that run the government. Victoria Newland, by all rights and means, referred to as a neocon, back in the day, ladies and gentlemen, we're in 2022, and Victoria Newland has been on the scene as a uh, international type representative and undersecretary to the uh, to the State Department um, uh, and their position of what uh, uh, Secretary of State, as well as uh, am- working with ambassadors uh, in many countries. But her specialty seems to, at least for the last eight years plus, to have been in Ukraine. And in the, um, I would say, I guess, the Eastern Bloc of the European countries, ladies and gentlemen. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, because we all know what she did in Ukraine. We've talked about it here at the Sea Report before. Ladies and gentlemen, we have talked about Victoria Newland. We brought this rat's face on to the screen. Probably days to a week before Russia went into Ukraine to perform their special military operation. We talked about Newland. We talked about her involvement in the Maidan revolution. We talked about her involvement with the coup in 2014, uh, with replacing the government of Ukraine with, from its duly elected president, that was uh, Yanukovych, into who's this uh, little Aryan Yasenyuk guy or whatever. So, and we also listened to the phone call between she and uh, United States Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, where they openly discussed the terms of the regime change. In other words, they were absolutely quarterbacking this operation. So, Uh, We know what she's done in Ukraine. In fact, tonight's episode is slightly, ever so slightly, just a little bit of a reprisal of her role in Ukraine. But that is, if anything, to warn the African nations about this woman, ladies and gentlemen, to warn the African nations about Victoria Newland. Territorial integrity, territorial integrity of another country. Another country. Because imagine if this were Nigeria and a big... Imagine if this were Nigeria. Let's take a real quick look at this video. Uh, It's a short video. This is of um, Victoria Newland in Somalia. Okay, so she's already... She's already out there, guys. You know, this woman moves a whole lot faster than I'm even aware of myself, personally speaking. But, but, ladies and gentlemen... Um, there, you know, because, you know, there have been operations happening in Africa 
this entire time, right? This entire time, even since uh, before Russia, Ukraine at the end of February. I mean, a lot of stuff has been going on. I mean, we've had nations with uh, dueling presidents, right? Multiple nations around the world with dueling presidents, right? At least, what, four, five, or six, seven more probably of them. You know, we've had uh, governments being overturned and overturned again and overturned again, ladies and gentlemen, since 2021. We've had governments and coups battles of sovereignty happening since 2021 all across the globe, okay? We can talk about Pakistan. We can talk about Iran. We can talk about Iraq. We can talk about, uh, let me see who else is on the map, Sri Lanka. We can talk about Burma, Myanmar. We can talk about Bangladesh. We can talk about India. We can talk about uh, all of these other names. We can talk about the United Kingdom now as well, I guess with uh, Boris Johnson stepping down, right? But, um... We can talk about Africa. We don't talk too much about Africa. Africa Africa came on the map uh, again recently. I'll tell you why after this video. But check this video out uh, just so you could see. Now, you know, we've had uh, United States drones and we've had United States um, uh, armory and uh, soldiers actually as well being dispatched to places like Syria I mean, we haven't heard anything about this, ladies and gentlemen. Well, maybe not all of us have heard anything about this. Some of us have. But you know, this entire time, we're in 2022 now, right? But you know, this entire time that Biden's illegitimate administration, his rogue regime, his coup d'etat aster regime, whatever, they've been in Syria this whole time. Like, they have been bombing Syria, they have had conflict in Syria, there's been war in Syria this entire time. You can go and look up Syrian um, media, okay? And you'll find it in more than just one, right? You'll find it in multiple, okay? Where they talk about the Biden regime stealing oil from the Syrians or bombing this or bombing that or killing uh, civilians or killing children, you know. Don't get me wrong, there's uh, propaganda in some of the um, um, publications as well. If you can pick your way through it, you'll be fine. But the overall um, main idea here is that uh, United States has been in Syria the entire time that illegitimate Joe has been in office bombing and regime changing as best they can. And that's the name of the game here, guys. What do you think they want to accomplish in Russia? They want to accomplish regime change, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's why I say the longer they take, and by they I do mean Putin and the Russian forces, the longer Putin takes in Ukraine, the more risk he is at uh, this being flipped on him. And it's already started because we've heard Putin say the military operation is over. It's done. We're finished. We accomplished what we wanted to accomplish in Ukraine. He said this more than a week ago, Putin said. And now we have NATO sending in more artillery, more foot soldiers, more weapons, more support, more money. Uh, just listen to what Victoria Newland says here to some poor, unfortunate soul of a broadcaster in Nigeria, okay? 
Listen to what Victoria Newland says about the situation in Ukraine. About a week ago, they sent another additional X amount of billions of dollars. Okay? So, this situation here, guys, pertaining to Ukraine and Russia, so we can jump into uh, Victoria Newland lying to Somalian journalists about United States drone bombing. Somalia and killing children and civilians, okay? I just want you to hear her lie to him, that's all. So you can see, so you can get the nature of this cat, ladies and gentlemen. So you can discern the nature of this rat, Victoria Newland. You know, the episode that we introduced Victoria Newland to you guys was called uh, The uh, Globalists Bring Out Their Rats. And uh, Newland is definitely one of them, okay? So now, just real quick to wrap up Russia, Ukraine, okay? Real quick to wrap that little gift up to you all with Victoria Newland and the drone war, but not the drone war, ladies and gentlemen. Well, fooey, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, Joyful Lily. Good to see you. What a joy to have you in the audience tonight. Hope you're doing well. Shanjo, good to see you as well. Did I say hello, Shanjo? I hope you're doing well, Shanjo. And uh, let's see here. Oh, you guys is... Uh, <laughs> you guys, it looks like you guys is having a good time over there in the chat room today. Casual GG17 is in the house today. Did you guys notice how I segued away from the fact that I totally forgot what my thought was? <laughs> <laughs> hoping it'll circle back into my mind. Um, but no, 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 no. Uh, let's continue. Let's continue. Let us continue. Uh, okay, so Russia and uh, Ukraine, okay? Russia and Ukraine. Victoria Newland. Victoria Newland, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I could just rewind it on this here video. It's okay. I won't cheat. Okay, so let's get into it'll it'll come back to me. Don't worry. But or you guys can remind me in the chat um, what I was saying about Russia and Ukraine prior to forgetting. And uh, awesome. But let's listen to this video of Victoria Newland lying to a Somalian journalist about um, the United States drone bombing of Somalia in the name of democracy and in the name of killing. Uh, terrorists or you know you know usually the way these operations work right let me just tell you real quick the way these operations work if they want to replace the government and it's a duly elected government most usually what they'll do is they'll employ their ngos and all of that to start a colored revolution okay then they will say that they are rebels against the government who are pro democracy and the government is tyrannical authoritarian you know uh plutocratic whatever you want to call it okay and so uh, they'll support the rebels, they'll support the uh, free country people, whatever, okay. And then they'll do their coup and they'll uh, get the government in trouble and bam, regime, regime change. If they want to keep 
their regime in power and they know that there is a populist uprising usually what they will do is they will say that the uprising are a bunch of terrorists and uh you know they'll either be right right wing or left wing but they'll be terrorists against a sovereign nation and a democracy and they will turn the populist uprising into a bunch of terrorists that's usually the way it works okay uh, you will have leaders and officials, elected and non-elected, in these governments who will either A, be for the sovereignty of their nation and stand up against these people, or B, be totally corrupt, totally crooked, and will take any dollar amount or any vacation to Disneyland or any five-day, five-hooker holiday from these people that's just the way it works. You will have your corrupt ones. And that's where we see Africa today, it seems. But again, like I said, I'll give you more of a, uh, I'll give you more of a download on uh, why we're talking Newland today on the other side of this video as we go through Africa. Ladies and gentlemen. Victoria Newland, the lady who was directly behind the conflict in Ukraine, who orchestrated the coup that happened in Ukraine, visited Somalia. And in her visit, she was asked about the U.S. drone strikes. As we all know, for about a decade, U.S. has been killing a lot of innocent Somali civilians with their drone strikes. Now, this Somali journalist, on her visits, asked her about that drone program, that if you want better relationship with Somalia, shouldn't you stop droning innocent people? Now, listen to her response. Many people have held in as a family. So the United States around the world, but particularly in this region, is very concerned about the proliferation of use of drones by terrorist organizations. We've seen it uh, all around this neighborhood, and we are working hard to help our partners uh, defeat these very dangerous and noxious weapons that, as you said, are often highly indiscriminate and hurt civilian populations. What in the world are you talking about? He was asking you about your drone strikes. We don't have an issue with terrorist organizations or Al-Shabaab using drone strikes. That has never happened. That's not an issue. That is a lie you made up. He was saying that these drone strikes that you and your government are carrying out, they are highly discriminate, as you say, and they hurt a lot of civilians. If they are so bad, why are you using them? There's absolutely no basis for anything that she said. And the whole meeting was full of lies like this. But the journalist clearly asks you, you are saying that you want to support Somalia, you want to be a better partner to Somalia. Why don't you stop killing us? And this lady starts talking about neighborhoods. What neighborhood are you talking about? In Kenya? Ethiopia? Like, what country are you talking about? You are lying. And if you know this drone strikes kill civilians, majority of the people who die are civilians, why are you using them? Ridiculous. These people are an absolute joke. But anyways, I'm getting too angry at this. So I'm going to leave it here. Now, if you like this video, please do remember to subscribe, like, share, and comment. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel 
are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all he was getting very angry that one was so i mean yeah so that's actually um a very good method uh to describe the way they do these things ladies and gentlemen uh and that would be that uh take for example take for example uh, yesterday's C-Report, when we talked about the um, report that was done by those astute rhinos uh, in uh, Washington, uh, former rhinos, pardon me, judges, senators, representatives that did this uh, report on the 2020 election and the 64 cases of election fraud. You know, uh, exactly as so. Right. What do they say? Oh, but there was lies. No proof of election fraud. OK, well, what did the United Nations say on their report of the um, uh, Ukrainian responsibility for death and destruction in Ukraine during this military operation from Russia? Oh, oh, there were bombs, but also the Russians had bombs. Is what she said in that same thing. There, he's like, what about the United States drone bombing uh, civilians in Somalia to death? Well, we'll have to make sure that we look into the enemy who uses these drone bombs. Never addressing or totally gaslighting or just... Uh, that's what you would call a steamroller of omission, right? But here's here's where... Tonight's episode really just kind of uh, hits home, ladies and gentlemen. Here's where tonight's episode really kind of hits home. And it's really, this, this is a message for the nation of Nigeria in Africa about this woman, Victoria Newland. Territorial integrity, territorial integrity of another country. Of another country. This is not Russia Ukraine war. war. This is a Russian war, war against, against Ukraine. Ukraine. War. This is war. a Russian war, war, war against, against Ukraine. Ukraine. That's why, That's why the United States, United States and our allies and partners across the world have been supporting Ukraine in its effort to defend itself. Another billion dollars of weapons that we've just provided. Because imagine if this were Nigeria and a big. Imagine if this were Nigeria. So uh, must have been late last night and probably a little bit early into this morning. You know, I actually caught um, an episode of Tori Says and she was talking about 
Nigeria. She was talking about Nigeria. She was also talking a lot about Michael Bolton, right? You guys remember not Michael Bolton, right? He's, he's a pretty bad neocon. Um, premise of the premise of the um, uh, episode dealt a lot with regime change, Michael Bolton, and everything that this man had done. And apparently he is also involved in what is happening in Nigeria right now. Uh, the episode, as I heard it, talked a lot about Boko Haram, which I'm still kind of parsing through. But I found it very, very, very interesting that um, there was this certain synchronicity that uh, I came across in reviewing this episode from Tori Says Yesterday about Boko Haram and Nigeria, etc., and all of that stuff. And that was that right now, as Nigeria is experiencing a lot of, uh, what would you say, tremors, right? Or a lot of uh, quakes, a lot of uprising, a lot of change. We actually just had Victoria Newland in Nigeria. And I was like, oh, well, this is a coincidence. I just saw this video uh, where we have Victoria Newland talking elections in Nigeria. What the heck is Victoria Newland doing in Nigeria? Wasn't she just in Ukraine? Was she not just overturning the nation of Ukraine? Is she not behind everything that we're seeing happening right now? How do they have Victoria Nuland in Nigeria and in Somalia and in Sri Lanka and in all of these places? And no one seems to be keeping an eye on this rat. Okay, so I would have to say as a piggyback on two last night or yesterday's episode of Tory Says, uh, as a piggyback, I would have to say, if Michael Bolton, whom I believe, I have no reason not to believe this. In fact, you know, when I look at Michael Bolton, I just get those types of shivers, ladies and gentlemen. But I would have to say, if Michael Bolton is responsible for all of the regime change operations, or a whole lot of them, he admitted it, on national, international TV. It came from his mouth. The man said, well, yeah, I've been involved in regime change throughout the years. What if there was a government that we didn't think would agree with America? We'd have to overthrow that government so that they would agree with America. Basically is what Michael Bolton said. Basically, basically is what he said, okay? <laughs> but if Michael Bolton is in uh, responsible for a lot of these regime change operations, I would have to say Victoria Newland. You know, where goes Bolton, Newland follows, maybe? V Victoria Newland's got to be like one of his chief operating executors of regime change, ladies and gentlemen. And for this unsuspecting, or maybe she's suspecting, maybe the clip I'm about to show you involves globalist rat, deep state influencer, Victoria Newland discussing elections in Nigeria with a Nigerian reporter. Now, why can't our black American reporters be like this woman is what I would like to know, right? Why they got to be all, hey, with their weave half did. But um, 
maybe this Nigerian reporter knows. Maybe this Nigerian reporter's in on it. I mean, you have to consider these things when you start looking at international news. Is the reporter Victoria Newland talking to in the know? Are they in the club? Are they in the circle? Or does she not know? And just think about that. If this reporter knows or not knows, think about if she knows. She's going along to get along with the lies of Victoria Newland. She knows damn well what Victoria Newland did in Ukraine, uh, the history of Victoria Newland's involvement in Ukraine with the ultra nationalist right wing extremist sector of the nation. Very well known. So that means that this reporter, because we're in 2022, let's not forget. Uh, Victoria Newland was riding bareback on all these wild Nazis in 2014, 15, and 16, okay? Not recently. Still has influence there, obviously, okay? Talking about biolabs in 2022 and 21, Victoria Newland is. Clearly, this woman is still an operative in Ukraine. But does this reporter know it? And if the reporter does not know it, I would say to you... Reporter of Nigeria and the people of Nigeria, be aware, ladies and gentlemen, be aware. When you see the face of Victoria Newland, you run away, okay? You want nothing to do with this psychopathic, sociopathic, eugenicist, uh, genocidal maniac known as Victoria Newland. She is bad news. She is the uh she is the uh what the she is the bearer of Bolton apparently. But she was just in Ukraine. I mean Ukraine. She was just in Nigeria talking about elections. I think Victoria Newland talked about elections in Ukraine as well. Let's check out this interview with Victoria Newland. Okay, see if you guys can pick out the idiosyncrasies of a globalist rat, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, welcome back, WC Crane Up. Good to see you in the audience. Glad to see you returning from the fringe. And thank you for the can, my friend. Now, Victoria Newland on Nigerian television. Um, well, Let's see what you guys think about that. ...that you're here just a few days after we've celebrated uh, Democracy Day here in Nigeria. And you're right smack in the middle of when we've just concluded primaries, the frontline candidates and the midst of picking their running mates, etc. I'm just a little curious. Is your visit a coincidence? It's not a coincidence, Maoke. It's great to be with you. Uh, we are here to join Nigerians in celebrating the start of an, a very exciting election season. And as you said, seeing the candidates get chosen, um, all of the changes that Nigeria has put in place for this election are very important, starting with the fact that the president is uh, not standing, that he's uh, supporting alternation of power, but but also the fact that the electoral period is a little bit longer, which will give a chance to really have some substantive debate on the issues. And the other thing that we really picked up on this time was the excitement of young people about this election, that they really want to participate. We saw a line of young folks signing up to, to register and that the uh, social media is playing a role. Indeed. So it's um, democracy in action in uh, Africa's in, biggest democracy. Indeed. And uh, I'm just wondering if you have any expectations of the 
umpire, I know that the United States has been pretty supportive um, of Nigeria's democratic process and also very interested as well. Um, are there any other expectations you have of the umpire? Uh, so, again, we will do what we usually do. We will support INEC for its implementation of these elections. Uh, and we were, are very interested in the, some of the technological uh, improvements that have been put in place and trying to ensure that those allow for free suffrage. I think the, one of the other things that came up is obviously, um, you know, there are security challenges and people need to be able to get to the polls safely. So we'll also be supporting uh, the ability of the police to deploy in a safe way. And we talked about that a little bit um, at the villa today as well, how we can, can do all of that. But what we really want is for there to be good debate on the issues. Um, you know, Nigeria is on the, on the cusp of uh, even more great things, you know, the green revolution, economic empowerment, all of these things. Some, you know, attacking of, of corruption needs to be part of the of the platform. So we want to see a great debate. We want to see a clean and peaceful election. And we want to see lots of participation. Indeed. And 2015, one of the worries that the country had um, then was the fact that the two major frontliners, one was from the north of the country, the other was from the south. And there had been fears then that Nigeria might not be able to survive the 2015 elections, at least in a very peaceful way. Remarkably, it did. Yes. Um, and the same, it was the same as happening again in 2023 or the same is going to happen in 2023. Do you have any anxieties in that regard? Well, again, as, as you said, candidates are being chosen. Their vice presidential candidates are being chosen. We're watching this attention to balance. We're watching this attention to being able to appeal to the needs of all Nigerians. That's really important, and also the way the candidates speak about national unity, about um, religious freedom, about security. These will be important as we go forward. So, so pausing it real quick just to say, uh, it seems like to me here, if I were to try and get downright and technical about some of the things that we are witnessing in this discussion, I would have to say, I would imagine that people like Victoria Newland uh, are responsible on the ground in their operations for things like the elections. Uh, you know, Newland was in, after all, Newland was in Ukraine for the election of Zelensky, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and that, uh, from what I understand, was also a stolen election of sorts. So um, responsible possibly for making sure that the elections match the end results of the operation that is in progress in whatever state they're trying to provide a regime change, you can definitely bet that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, they are probably also utilizing electronic voting machines. And of course, um, during the campaign period, I'm sure that we could learn quite a bit from the U.S. experience in 2020. Disinformation and fake news uh, was a big deal then. Um, and it is a worrying concern for many democracies. Um, what lessons would you say that Nigeria should be able to pick out from the U.S.'s experience in 2020? Well, first of all, to be very, very vigilant about outside efforts 
to play in this election. This should be an election for Nigerians, of Nigerians, about Nigeria, and don't let any outside powers try to influence that or try to enter the debate. So you have to be very, very vigilant about that. So you have to be very vigilant about that. Look at the way these professional double speakers talk, okay? Uh, we could take classes on these professionals, ladies and gentlemen. Victoria Newland as a professional double speaker, ladies and gentlemen, double speak, double speak, double speak. You know, so pro, so pro, ladies and gentlemen. You know the score, you know the deal, you know what's going on here, right? You know what's going on in Ukraine. Think about this woman in the context of being an organizer of everything that you know is happening in Ukraine. This woman, responsible, ladies and gentlemen, think about her in that context as you listen to what she's saying. She's going to start talking about disinformation in the 2020 elections now. She's going to start talking about disinformation, and then she's going to start talking about Ukraine and Russia, okay? Listen to what this professional liar, this professional omitter says in the context of everything that you know to be true in Ukraine, ladies and gentlemen. It helps with the context. Um, I think the, the second lesson for us is you need a civilized debate, right? You don't want to tear each other apart. You want to talk about the real issues. So a less personalized campaign and a more issue-based campaign is important. And then, you know, if there are spoilers, whether they're domestic spoilers or external spoilers, this is where investigative journalism comes in, um, what you do for a living, to really expose this so Nigerians know what's really going on. Mm. When you mean external influence, do you want to expatiate a bit? You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talk <laughs> there are a number of countries that, that practice interference in elections. It's, it's Russia, it's China, sometimes it's Iran, uh, sometimes it's other countries. So... Be vigilant and ensure that you know where your news is coming from. Interesting. Uh, let's talk about um, security. Uh, hmm, interesting, she says. Interesting. That's right, Tamgrel says. Don't let insiders, sorry, don't let outsiders in, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let outsiders in as she invited herself and is running things, talking about Newland here, okay? Run away, Nigeria! Get thee the hell away from the United States and from these ambassadors from Victoria Newland. Don't take their money. Don't take their money. Don't think it's a better offering. Don't think that they're supporting you. They might be supporting Boko Haram. If Boko Haram is about killing Christians, they might be about Boko Haram. That might be about Newland. Uh, Newland might be funding Boko Haram, ladies and gentlemen, uh, her and whomever else is behind this um, uh, current uh, crisis in Nigeria. In Nigeria, uh, rich in wealth, etc., and some other things. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that in just a minute. Let's wrap this up, though. I got to wrap this up. We got we to gotta listen to this. We got about another hour, and uh, so let's get, let's get to it. It seems to be an ongoing concern. The United States has been pretty supportive in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, nonetheless, the influence of 
um, international terror groups seem to be growing. Um, a case in point is a recent attack in a church in Owo, in Ondo State, where uh, 40 people were killed. Yes. And the federal government believes that um, it has the imprints of ISWAP. Um, what are your concerns in that regard as Nigeria continues to battle terrorism? Well, we grieve with that community. I had a chance to talk to the to the bishop today, but it is a unfortunately a, a widespread phenomenon that terrorists, you know, try to use religion as one of the the tools of of domination. And we're you know we're concerned about uh, the spread of ISWA, the spread of other forms of terrorism, not just in Nigeria but throughout the Sahel. So. You know, we have intensified our security cooperation. We're very pleased to see the Super Takanos are now uh, here and working, that we are um, communicating well with regard to operations that are being run. And also the we have some helicopters coming as well. But it's about more than just the military fight against terrorists. It's also about ensuring that there is good governance uh, behind these operations, that communities feel safe with local police, that there is tolerance and openness uh, for expression across communities. So it, it is a big issue. Uh, Nigerians are working hard, but we also need, I think we in the international community, need to provide more support in a more holistic manner, not just in Nigeria, but across the Sahel. Are you making those demands of of the Nigerian government in terms of transparency, open governance, um, uh, more good governance, more or less. Are there, are there um, what would I say, parameters that you're, or standards that you're holding the Nigerian government to? It's the Nigerian people who are going to hold the, the Nigerian uh, candidates to uh, good governance standards, you know. This is a country, let's be honest, that still suffers from too much corruption. Uh, there's a lot of experience around the world about how you attack those problems, starting with the commitments that candidates make during the election. That's one piece. But then you also have to deliver services for people and you have to ensure uh, that you're coming with good education, good health care, uh, good policing, etc. And I have every confidence that the Nigerian people are going to demand high standards from their candidates. And then we're going to have a robust debate here. Indeed. And uh, lastly... I'm going to make this a double-barreled one because I don't think that we can have you here and not mention Ukraine. Yes. Uh, given the amount of work that you've done behind the scenes before now uh, on the Ukraine question, and also the fact that you know there's also the question of policy on on Africa in general. I know yes. that when uh, the former, beg your pardon, the current Secretary of State visited in November, uh, he spoke about um, you know an evolving policy. A, a resuscitation somewhat of policy between United States, Africa as a whole, and maybe more specific countries. Um, so first, I'm going to ask you um, if there is now a little more clarity on what that policy will be. Before it used to be trade, there was Agoa and a few others, uh, but now it looks like there's a little uncertainty in that regard. And then secondly, I'd also like, like you to speak on um, what, how you think that the Ukraine Russian war is going to come to an end. That those who are talking about um, uh, Ukraine ceding territory, there has been no um, Ukraine is def definitely not looking in that direction yet. They are very staunchly against it, and even in the EU, they're not agreed on how that you're going to approach that. 
Uh, so I do not know if the United States is thinking about how the war between Russia and Ukraine is going to come to an end. That is two big questions. Indeed. So let me do what I can here. Um, first of all, just with regard to U.S. policy towards Africa, uh, we hope that Africans can see us more engaged, uh, out traveling more, uh, having meetings and engagements like this where we talk about the full range of challenges that we share, asking Africans to work with us on global challenges, whether it's health, whether it's climate, all of these things, and trying to listen more and be better partners bringing more security support. I was in uh, Somalia earlier on this trip. We have U.S. forces back in Somalia, as we talked about earlier, uh, trying to bring more support here. So I think you'll see an evolving policy where we are talking about democracy. We're talking about prosperity. We're talking about green and clean uh, governance. Um, and we're also talking about security because those are all the essential things that we have to do together. And about African leadership on global problems, which takes me to Ukraine and to Nigeria, which played and continues to play a very strong and important role in Africa and globally in calling out President Putin and his aggression against Ukraine. And the fact that he is egregiously violating UN Shorter, Sovereignty, Territorial Integrity of Another Country. This is not a Russia-Ukraine war. This is a Russian war against Ukraine. That's why. Okay, we're going to pause it again there just real quick. Pause it again there just real quick. Because, again, she's saying a U.N. charter that Russia is against Ukraine. OK, not I mean, again, you have a deep state globalist asset Nazi lover here, Victoria Newland. OK, good friends with the Nazis, rubbed elbows with them left and down and up and right in Ukraine. OK, not willing to acknowledge a Crimea was a referendum, B, uh, the uh, People's Republic of Donetsk was a referendum, and uh, C, the People's Republic of Luhansk was a referendum. They will continue to have you believe that Putin is taking back the land <clears throat> to create a supposed Soviet Union-styled block of countries, once again, that they willed control over. They don't. Uh, we there, there is an international coalition agreement between Russia and like several of the Stan nations. And by Stan, I mean like Turkestan, Hedmanistan, Gurkistan, Yorkistan, Jerkistan, Kakistan, Makistan, Jakistan, and, and, and Blackistan, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know their names, but they're Stan nations, okay? So uh, an agreement between Russia and a bunch of Stan nations about military coalition operations, protections, uh, an alliance, kind of like NATO, but for the Stan nations and Russia, okay? So uh, that's about as Soviet bloc style reminiscent as you get. And yet all of these nations have their sovereignty. Think about uh, Kazakhstan, ladies and gentlemen, or Kazakhstan, I apologize, Kazakhstan, where Kazakhstan uh, called in Russia. They're like, hey, uh, Putin, looks like those dirty rats from the West are up to a regime change again. And uh, they're causing an uprising in my nation of uh, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. Uh, and, and then, you know, uh, Takayev's coup over um, uh, Ben Sabanur or whatever his name was, that is something in its own thing, okay? 
but you had a uh, an uprising, a revolution, a colored revolution happening in Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan called in the Russian forces, the coalition went in, cleaned that crap up, and then they went home. Okay, that's basically what Russia did in Georgia and in South Ossetia. And that's what Russia has done in the People's Republic of Donetsk and Luhansk. It's just in order to take care of the bullies of Donetsk and Luhansk, they had to go all the way to Kiev and beyond to wipe them out. That's what the Russian military operation was all about. And yet you have people here like Victoria Nuland, undersecretary to the Secretary of State, still a rat with ravenous child chompers. Child chompers. Look at those teeth, ladies and gentlemen. I would encourage you to look at the teeth of these people when we start talking about them. Not Houston. <laughs> Damn growl. Not Houston. That's Houston, girl. <laughs> Kajistan, Blackistan, Kakistan, Makistan, Houston. It's uh, funny. You're you're funny one there, girl. <laughs> Keep her down. Keep that one. And you know, let her live. You know what I'm saying. Not Victoria Newland. Anyways, I'm totally, totally off my ball now. Uh, WC Cranop says, "Effin swamp creature just fixing dinner. Not that I'm very hungry now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Looks like a return to the good old days. We're almost done with Victoria. Not. We'll be done with Victoria Newland in approximately 45 minutes. Okay, because <laughs> that's when this episode ends. Uh, so there you go. She's going on about Ukraine, etc. She's going on about elections in Nigeria. So she's got, she's like, she's like operational field manager, right? You know, like if someone like Bolton were to create the blueprint, right? He creates the outline of how this is going to work. Victoria Newland is an operational field manager that ensures the execution of the roles that she is required to fulfill in the operation of this coup d'etat. And it appears that that has a lot to do with, you know, uh, aside from being an ambassador, you know, and diplomacy, elections, okay? And and maybe also a little bit of, uh, a little bit of persuasion uh, seems like Victoria Newland is most likely involved in and uh, whatever she does with those child chompers after hours is uh, not the topic of discussion for this evening. Uh, I did want to share with you one last video from Hard Copy Nigeria because we heard what Newland just said, okay? And, and remember, we're like, Nigeria, no, stay away, stay away, Nigeria, stay away from Newland and all of them. Stay away from America, stay away from the IMF, stay away from their money, stay away from any of their deals, stay away from any of their support, okay? Because they're already probably the ones who are supporting Boko Haram in Nigeria, all right? They're probably the ones who are responsible for the death and killing of Christians in Nigeria and surrounding states, all right? Uh, and Boko Haram in Nigeria, they've been going through this for a while. But now we got Victoria Newland in Nigeria, okay? All right, so stay away, Nigeria, for the love of God, please. 
break it off with Newland, break it off with America, break it off with any of the Western nations that have been knocking on your door since the days of colonialism back in, you know, the era of your great grandfathers. Okay, learn thy lessons. All right. Is this why we don't have books in Africa? Because if they had books, they'd have history. And if they had history, they would not be repeating it for the fourth time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we know there are books in Africa. But the question is, are they reading them? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report. And I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Welcome back. You're watching Hard Copy coming to you from our studios in Abuja. We just aired the entirety of the exclusive interview we had with the U.S. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs on one of the responses she gave in answer to the question of fake news and information um, in elections was quite instructive. She asked that Nigeria be careful of the intervention of foreign countries such as Russia, China, and Iran. In this segment, I ask Ambassador Joe Keshi how interventions like this could work and what would be the interest of these countries. Well, Ambassador, welcome to Hard Copy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm just a little curious, um, and I have always found quite intriguing the uh, visit of top-level envoys like this. What influence do you think that they exert in a political climate such as ours? I think in our own case, uh, a lot, considerable, because you have to realize that uh, the diplomats on the ground, uh, particularly at this point in time, do a lot of reporting back to headquarters. And uh, headquarters analyzes these reports. And then if you are dealing with a country that you have particular interest in, uh, it becomes uh, almost imperative that you need to begin to reach out in order to ensure one, number one that you have a, a complete understanding of what's going on in that country. And when you have a, a country as big as Nigeria with all its uh, you know, problems and apprehensions about, um, about uh, the future of the country itself, it becomes even more critical for some nations with great interest in Nigeria to to pay attention and begin to reach out to the leaders in order uh, with the hope that uh, they could moderate uh, um, where they think that there are a lot of uh, problems. You remember what happened in 2015, the then Secretary of State, John Kerry, was here for about three or four or four times. And you could see that uh, in some ways he actually assisted the opposition because anytime he came into the country, he was always meeting you know, with the opposition and, uh, you know, also talking to the government. I guess they were trying to ensure that uh, there was a peaceful, you know, end to the fears that was uh, expressed uh, then. So it's almost about the same situation. 
Okay, so did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch that? This man here, uh, his name is Keshi. He's an ambassador, okay? And they're talking about their experience with the United Nations in regards to diplomacy, etc. And so he starts talking about John Kerry. And what does he say? He says, it's almost like uh, John Kerry was working with the opposition. You know, and listen to how tentatively they talk. It's like they want to get in on this path of involvement with these United States of America because they've always heard in Nigeria, you want to work with America. Once you work with America, you're set. You're good to go. So they have this preconceived notion of what it is like to work with the, uh, the best free nation in the world. And then they meet people like John Kerry and Victoria Newland, And then they run into situations like they've been running into recently if not, not even just recently, we're going back decades now by now, right? Regime change, war, artificial boundaries, artificial borders, etc. All this stuff, right? Okay. And you can hear the tentativeness in his voice. He's like, it's almost like John Kerry was working with the opposition. And then a real quick flapjack, he says, uh, well, you know, he was working with the government, but it was, it was like he was trying to figure out a way to work with the government and the opposition. Okay, but you listen to what he's saying. He is saying it's almost like the United States was always working with the forces that opposed their government prior to regime change. So... He's trying to tell the truth here, guys. It sounds like he's trying. Listen, he's going to do it again at least twice. Listen to what he says. Uh, but how strong do you think, from the countries that she's listed, uh, a threat do we face from those countries? Well, I'm not too sure the kind of threat we, that uh, we are faced with from Russia. Mm -hmm. Russia has a plate full right now. And uh, I'm not sure that... Uh, uh, look, let's be fair. Ukraine is Russia's main headache right no. now, and certainly not uh, Nigeria. It sounds to me like these guys understand what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, right? Because Victoria Newland told her, Ukraine, I mean, sorry, Victoria Newland said, Russia, China, Iran. They're the ones that do election interference. And some other countries, some other countries... Some other countries, says Victoria Newland, she's like, ah, ah. some other countries, ah, like the United States of America, we do regime change also since like the 1940s or 50s, but you don't need to know about that, right? That's Victoria Newland, okay? So this guy's like, Russia, they're dealing with Ukraine. Iran, really? China? That's just not their style, okay? <laughs> I'm not joking. Listen. The choice of Iran is curious, you know, for me, you know. And if anybody asks me, as you're doing today, to say, where should we ex expect interferences from? I'll probably list the United States. I'll list, uh, you know, uh, uh, United, Kingdom. Uh, United Kingdom. And, of course, I will list the EU. These are the three... I mean, the country and the, you know, are the countries that have, have... Did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch that? He says, China? 
Iran, Russia, election interference. I wouldn't expect that from any of them about Nigeria, but United Kingdom, the European Union, the United States. I would expect interference from them, actually. Did you hear that? He just... Here, here. Allow me to rewind it just a little bit, okay? Be kind, rewind. Check this out. And uh, I'm not sure that... Uh, uh, look, let's be fair. Ukraine is Russia's main headache right no. now, and certainly not uh, Nigeria. The choice of Iran is curious, you know, for me. You know, and if anybody asks me, as you're doing today, to say... Where should we ex uh, expect interferences from? I'll probably list the United States. I will list, uh, you know, uh, uh, United, Kingdom. Uh, United Kingdom. And of course, I will list the EU. These are the three, <laughs> I mean, the I country mean, the and the, you know, are the countries that have uh, tremendous interest in this Not country. China? You know, the way the Chinese play a different game. They, they are not as, uh, um, how do I put it now? They are not as, uh, uh, they, they do their own behind the, the scene. They just keep watching, but they know where they're interested in. And there's this, once everything settles down, look, there's this, they move in and then begin to cultivate a new relationship. They don't get involved in trying to decide who wins or who doesn't win. That's not the Chinese uh, style, you know? Now, some people will say that 2015 was a different type of election. Uh, but before now, I mean, before 2015, we had had at least maybe four uh, different polls before the 2015 election. Um, what sort of influence did we see then, apart from the interest of having the polls becoming more free and fair, perhaps supporting the umpire, um, et cetera, et cetera, in that regard? Uh, what, what sort of what other sort of influence did we you see know, in these countries which you have mentioned, exert? Not, not as much as in 2015. Look, the fact that they were supporting the empire, supporting um, uh, NGOs, because they pour a lot of money into NGOs for elections in this country under various guides. That's also interference, you know, but they do. You know, but Should we it, differentiate between positive and, you know, adverse interference? In terms of comparison, I think in... Um, uh, the, the, the first time around, the, that was uh, 1999, mm -hmm. I, I personally believe that uh, the choice of uh, President Obasanjo, whom they already knew long before, you know, uh, he was uh, released from prison and made a presidential, gave them some comfort, you know, which was why you did not see uh, so much, uh, you know, um, interference, open interference as, you know, I think it gave them so much comfort. And also because the people they were dealing with at that time and those who were responsible for the, uh, for, for the transition also gave them a lot of confidence that they were going to manage this thing, you know. And perhaps the, the, the most critical thing is to say that the country then was not as it is today. Today is a completely different situation, which is worrisome, not just for us in this country, but for everybody that cares about Nigeria. Mm. Well, for them, I mean, it is their prerogative to offer support. It is so, our prerogative to receive mm. the support. Um, and it would seem that uh, there have been different reactions to their support over the years. In 2015, President Buhari was uh, said to have lauded uh, the, the role of the United States in the elections. I'm going to read something he said to uh, outgoing Ambassador James Entwistle at that time. He said, um, 
The U.S.'s insistence on free, fair, and violent free elections largely contributed to the deepening of democracy in the country. He says, as you settle down in the face of these developments, it is my hope that you will also be guided by diplomatic practice to ensure that your activities remain within the limits of your profession as you monitor the build-up and conduct of the general elections next year. So sometimes it will look like how a government perceives uh, the support or maybe um, support that is going to come uh, will depend on just where they are at that particular time. Former President Goodluck Jonathan, too, was not very welcoming of U.S. support in 2015. You know, when you were reading both, I was... I was... Mm, okay, pausing it. We're, this, this is just about wrapped up, but very interesting. So this female Nigerian reporter... Or she might be a minion, she might be a henchman, she might be deep state, she might be a globalist, Nigeria style, just said that that uh, they've had presidents in Nigeria who were for the support of America and those who were against the support of America. And she just read a quote from a pro-American Nigerian president in 2015 and she said, so I guess depending on whether or not you are going to take the prerogative of um, accepting the assistance from America, which means you're on there, uh, you have a tab with them, right? Or not just depends on where your country is in the grand scheme of things uh, regarding how your relations with America are going. What does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. Then she gives the example of someone who did not agree with America, and that's where this man, Ambassador Keshi, is going to pick up as we uh, close out this interview. I was uh, smiling. It just shows you how uh, countries, presidents, or leaders change when situation, you know, uh, changes. They respond to it. In 2015, they were, Buhari was appreciative of uh, the, the role the United States played at that time, more because, you know, as I said at the, at the start of our conversation, uh, the, the Secretary of State, uh, John Kerry, made uh, about three or so visits, uh, you know, to Nigeria, including one he made particularly, which was very controversial, uh, to the Sultan of uh, Sokoto in this country. And every time he came, he met with the opposition party. Every time he came, he met. In fact, there was one he did, I think he only stopped in Lagos, met the opposition party leaders and, uh, and left. And look, the optics was that the United States was supportive of a change of regime in this country. What Buhari is saying this time around is... Yeah, folks, but didn't, didn't no, the no, environment no. also give the, 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 uh, the feeling that that was a possibility? Yes, that was a possibility. But what they are now saying is, that, uh, hey, look, we don't want so much, uh, you know, we're in control, we are in charge, things are put on unquote, almost saying things are normal. So don't create that impression that things are abnormal in this, uh, in this country. So 2015 is different from 2023, and that's exactly what's reflected in the president's speech. Mm, it is interesting uh, just how, but for the populace, because how politicians also receive this, mm. uh, it will be very different from how people who are looking forward to free, fair, and credible elections uh, would, would receive this, this sort of support. Uh, as Nigerian citizens, uh, should we welcome more of this type of support, or should we say, well, we think we're getting to a point where we think we can manage this on our own? Look, this, this is not 
Run away, Nigeria! Run away! Run away, Nigeria! Run away! Run away! Get away! Run away! In your control. Every country plays this game based on its own national interest or perceived national interest. And for countries that believe that they have a lot at stake, or they have a relationship that they do not want to destroy, or they just want to see a stable Nigeria for so many reasons, they will remain interested in what goes on in this country. And it is when they perceive that need to intervene, that's when you begin to see them send the envoys. And that's also based on the reports they are getting from this country. I know for a fact today that uh, envoys on the ground have written so much about the primaries and they, they, are, they are all excited about this. So everybody's reporting home, making all sorts of analysis and uh, permutations as to how the outcome would be. Once they perceive that, look, they need to intervene, they will intervene whether you like it or not. They will insist on coming to the country. They will insist on coming to talk to the president. They will insist on coming to talk to some opposition leaders, you know, again, urging everybody to, uh, to respect the rules and to play in a way and manner that the country will not disintegrate. Well, Ambassador Keshi, thank you so much for coming on hard copy. As always, thank you. All right, guys, there you go. There's a little bit of Nigerian television for you guys in case you were wondering what Victoria Newland is up to these days. I'm willing to bet that this woman is an operative. Uh, she probably has a handle on some of the stuff. Uh, but probably is being told, just uh, say as you're told, take the money, raise your children, have a nice life. She don't know what the hell she's dealing with here, though. She's, she's giving interviews to Victoria Newland, and she has absolutely no idea who she is dealing with. Ladies and gentlemen, she is dealing with Victoria Newland. Ladies and gentlemen... Victorian Newland, the herald of regime change, uh, whom we've seen side with the Nazis. Now, we have just enough time left in tonight's episode to just dig a little bit deeper into Victoria Newland for the sake of Nigeria. You know, if you, if you have a cousin in Nigeria, make sure you forward them this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the people of Nigeria need to see this episode. They need to be aware of Victoria Newland, if they're not already. There's already so much evidence on the ground about the United States and their support and also their complicity in the genocide of the Russian-speaking people of the Donbass at the hands of the ultranationalist Nazis in Ukraine. There's already so many receipts that these people should be tried, ladies and gentlemen. And they may be uh, innocent until proven guilty, but uh, let's, let's rest assured we can at least stop some of the war crimes and the crimes against humanity that these people are responsible for. Nigeria, turn away, run away, get away from these people, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for the sake of Nigeria, ladies and gentlemen, we go into that fancy little reprise that is uh, a memory lane with Victoria Newland, ladies and gentlemen. Here's one I've never shown you guys before. Let's take a gander at Victoria Newland sitting before Congress, or I should say before a committee hearing, 
not an unselect committee, but a committee hearing nonetheless, being questioned about the amount of money into, this is 2014, mind you, the amount of money they're funneling into Ukraine and also the Nazis in Ukraine, 2014. 2014, ladies and gentlemen, Victoria Newland, United States of America, Nigeria, are you listening, my brothers and sisters? Uh, Mr. Dana Rohrbacher of California. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Ambassador Newland, uh, so what, what's the bottom line for the cost of all of this to the United States? And, uh, as I, I gave some numbers, I believe, in my opening with yes, regard to FY1314. So we're at 187 million, which is about where we've been in support for Ukraine over the last five years. We've increased it by another 50 well, million and then the program, loan guarantee. But with all the, the election observers, that includes the election observers. Uh, that includes the U.S. Per, uh, participation in the OFC, OSCE election so services. So 187 million. 187 million plus 50, plus 50. Uh, which was appropriated on April 1st. Okay. Uh, 18 million from the defense budget for uh, support for um, uh, security okay. services and border guards. But it's not that much more, with the exception of the okay. 50 million, than what we've been spending in okay. Ukraine. Have over we the signed years. on into something with World Bank. Uh, Guaranteeing any loans, for example. So, the, as you know, you've appropriated the, um, you've uh, authorized the one billion dollar loan guarantee, which scores at four hundred million for the Treasury. With regard to the World Bank, they're just at the beginning of what they might be able to do to support. So, I'm not aware of any new loans that they've executed. I think they're going to wait and see how the elections go. Okay, so we're we spent about uh, two hundred million and. We've got uh, 400 million um, that the, we've scored for the guaranteeing of that loan. Which will come back to the U.S. Treasury in, when the loan is paid back, as you know. Right, when the loan is paid back. With interest. Right, shall we all hold our breath for that? Um, so do we have preferential payback then? Does that mean that all the other bills that the... Uh, Ukrainian government owns, they're going to have to pay us that $400 million first? Uh, Congressman, we'll have to get you the details on exactly what um, the terms uh, of this uh, are. Yeah, I think okay. it's uh, with the Treasury to do. I think that, that we know what the answer to that is, but I'd be happy to get it officially. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, when we're talking about the election, the best observed election, um, Yanukovych, of course, was someone who was elected the last time very well-observed election, I might add. As uh, a matter of fact, Chris Smith uh, was there observing that election, gave that election a very big plus. Yanukovych was elected, so he does represent a significant point of view in that country. Uh, do Is there someone from his party who is going to be on the ballot? In fact, uh, his party, the Party of Regions, is fielding four of the 23 candidates who are registered. Communists are also there. Every single color of the political spectrum in Ukraine and every region is represented among the 23 candidates. So there's somebody for everybody to vote so for. So it's better, and it's, it's, it's more than just the best observed election. It's a legitimate election. Uh, 
that is what the OSCE assesses. Right. Well, we did have an election. We did have a legitimate election before, and uh, the elected uh, president was uh, removed after we had uh, major street violence in reaction to his decision of going with a uh, economic agreement with Russia rather than the EU. About that. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, just catch, just catch that. Just, just put your mitts up and catch that nugget of information. Okay, catch that nugget of information. Now, Victoria Newton's like, that's right. We've got, uh, we've got four of the candidates in this upcoming election that represent the former president's party, Yanukovych, who was the Russian-friendly Ukrainian president, that Victoria Nuland was uh, behind his uh, overthrow. She said, we got four people from his party representing. We've got communists. We've got every color of the political spectrum, including Nazis, that will be represented in this election. So uh, Mr. Aurora Bakker here, who undoubtedly is probably like a career politician by nepotism that had absolutely no care or involvement about his position as an elected career politician, but uh, is being faced with questioning this uh, war criminal about Ukraine. And so uh, she's like, yes, we've got someone of every color on the political spectrum. And he says, well... Oh, oh, and so, and so she says, he says, so yes, yeah, so this is not only a secure and on the up and up election, but it's a true democratic election with every single spectrum of political party on the spectrum being represented. And she's like, well, yes, it is. I'm Victoria Newland, And he's like, well, we did have a 100% uh, democratic and uh, fully secure election prior to this, Yanukovych, whom you, Victoria Newland, assisted in overthrowing his presidency when Yanukovych, the Russian-friendly Ukrainian president, said, oh, European Union, it's okay. We're not going to sign an agreement with you. Ukraine is not European Union. Eh, so long. Don't want to. Don't want to be a. We're going to sign an economic agreement with Russia, not with the European Union. Okay, and then Yanukovych was overthrown. This was the Brown Revolution, and then they had the Orange Revolution, and Victoria Nuland had everything to do with this, and clearly this representative Rohrabacher understands that, but politics, he can't just outright say you were organizing a coup d'etat in Ukraine and you totally disregarded the democracy of a duly elected president just prior to this new election. Just uh, put your mid up in the air and catch that nugget of information. It's one of those things you want to remember. It's pivotal. That streets the violence that happened that led to this Mr. Yanukovych's removal um there were pictures that people of people running around with these uh, that were we were told were neo-nazis is there were there neo-nazis in those uh, efforts street violence that uh, uh, led to mr uh, yanukovych's removal uh 
first of all, the vast majority of those who participated on the Maidan were peaceful protesters. Uh, if you had a chance to see the pictures, some of First of all, it was a summer of love over there in the Maidan, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, it was all hugs and kisses and daisy chains, ladies and gentlemen. Really, Victoria Newland, you guys have been using the same sing-song stories since 2014, if not earlier? Newland! Many of us visited, including many members here. Mm. There were mothers and grandmothers and yeah. veterans. Let me and note that I have a, however, I saw, uh, before, you, before you go on, I saw those pictures as well. I also saw a lot of pictures of people throwing firebombs at groups of policemen who were huddled in the, over in a corner where people are shooting into the ranks of police. So, yes, there were mothers with flowers, but there were also very dangerous street fighters who were engaged in those demonstrations. The question is, were there neo-Nazi groups involved in that? Um, there were, as I said, almost every color of Ukraine was represented, including some, the ugly, including the some is, ugly colors. The answer is yes, then. But yes. I, if I could say that uh, with regard to the violence, all of those incidents are subject to investigation, notably including mm. the deadly sniper incident uh, in February, and there is good evidence to believe uh, that there were outside agitators involved in that. Uh, was there any in indication that there were uh, guns being involved with the uh, uh, anti-government demonstrators at that time? There is no question that as the protests became more and more virulent and as the response of Yanukovych's police became right. more and more right. brutal, uh, the tensions and the right. uh, potential for use of weapons escalated on both sides, on both which was sides. why that's, we were that's correct. so intent now, on a now, political one last question in before February. I, my time is totally up, and that is, were there uh, the neo-Nazi groups that we're talking about here, which, again, were not dominating this. There were very many very good people, like you say, out demonstrating against this deal uh, with Russia. They wanted to go with a, more of a European country than a pro-Russian country. But uh, those people who were not the good guys, but were part of that effort to push the, that country in that direction, were any of those neo-Nazi groups uh, affiliated with any other Nazi groups in other countries? Uh Congressman, what I can tell you, I I'm, don't know what the answer to that specific question with regard to the early period is. What I can tell you is that in the violence and separatism that we have seen in the recent months, we've also seen recruiting uh, on the neo-Nazi and fascist sites in Russia for volunteers to go participate in the seizing of buildings in eastern Ukraine. No. And the Ukrainians report stopping uh, very large numbers of such people at the Ukrainian-Russian border. Well, I'm so. sure, but uh, you haven't seen the, any evidence that there are people in Western Europe, neo-Nazi groups that were supporting their brothers in Ukraine. I don't have any information to corroborate that, but I would refer you to the Ukrainians as they investigate these incidents of violence. Territorial integrity, territorial integrity of another country. Of another country. This is not Russia Ukraine war. This is a Russian war against Ukraine. Ukraine. Ukraine.
this is a Russian war against Ukraine. Ukraine. That's why the United States and our allies across the world have been supporting Ukraine in its effort to defend itself. Another billion dollars of weapons that we've just provided. Because imagine if this were Nigeria and a big... Yeah, what else can you say about that, ladies and gentlemen? What else can you say about that? Now, there was some interesting caption on this video. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Sorry about the mute, guys. What else can you say about that, ladies and gentlemen? What else can you say about that? Now, there was some interesting caption on this video I wanted to share with you guys before we truck along into the final moments of tonight's episode. And that was, it says this, a 1937 report of the State Department's European Division described the rise of fascism as the natural reaction of the rich and middle classes in self-defense when the dissatisfied masses with the example of the Russian Revolution before them swing to the left. So fascism is a self-defense mode of the rich and middle class against a left-leaning, dissatisfied mass, as is exemplified by the Russian Revolution, which we all know at this point in time was the Bolshevik Revolution, which we all know was about the death, destruction, massacre, denigration. Uh, what do you? What, what else do you want to call it? The the the, the degeneration, the uh, the the undignified mass genocide of Russian people at the hands of the Jewish Bolsheviks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but the, this is what a 1937 report would have you believe. How long have they been lying to us? Ladies and gentlemen, you might want to consider that question. A statement concludes here, fascism, therefore, must succeed or the masses, this time reinforced by the disillusioned middle classes, will again turn to the left. The report also noted that if fascism cannot succeed by persuasion in Germany, it must succeed by force. The reasons for the warm American response to fascism and Nazism are explained quite openly in the internal United States government planning record. Understanding power, the footnotes, ladies and gentlemen, is what that's from. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because... Uh, that could be some kind of a context clue as to what the heck is going on with uh, United States of America and the Nazis, aside from the fact that these are a lot of globalist interests and probably the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of the uh, great exterminators of the 1930s and 40s. And we're going to wrap on this, guys. And something tells me this is going to turn into a two-part series, ladies and gentlemen, on this expose and this reprisal of information. We're just sharing with you guys once again what is known because the light must be shown even in her darkest corners, ladies and gentlemen. The light must be shown on Victoria Newland, even into those darkest apertures, ladies and gentlemen, of Victoria Newland. Someone's got to shine the light, okay? Pictured here, we've got Victoria Newland and Jeffrey Pyatt, hot on the scene in Ukraine. This is probably in the Maidan um, um, capital. Actually, this is. This is in this is in Kiev. I believe this is in Maidan Square. 
You got Victoria Newland and Jeffrey Pyatt, who was then the then ambassador to Ukraine. This is during the Obama era, okay? Jeffrey Pyatt and Victoria Newland, ladies and gentlemen, quite the hot couple on the scene of regime change in Ukraine. And yes, take a look at this. It is true. Victoria Newland would go hither and thither and offer breads and uh, baked goods and sweetbreads to the people of Ukraine on the streets. Turn away, run away, turn away, run away, ladies and gentlemen. If this viper is offering you some type of uh, peace offering, get the hell away from Victoria Newland and Jeffrey Pyatt. And uh, let's see here, guys, because I, I don't, you know, you know, there's there's more to this, guys. This is this is an episode for Nigeria. Nigeria! We are we are screaming at you from the mountaintops, from the city on the hill, in the state that is the Lone Star. Turn away, run away, get away from America, the empire, and its operatives and agents like Victoria Newland. You don't want anything to do with these people, okay? You don't want anything to do with these people. And as we sit here at the threshold of tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, and boy, do we got a busy couple of days coming up here at the Sea Report, I guarantee it. We will have to take a look at Victoria Newland's role in... Ukraine. It is known. It is referred to. It is referenced. It is talked about. People know. This is this is ancient history, relatively speaking. But we will have to get to that on our next episode of the Sea Report. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. It's all for Nigeria and Africa. Get away while you can. My brothers and sisters, get away while you can. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. I'm leaving you guys on a cliffhanger. When are we going to get our next episode of The Sea Report? We'll find out very soon. Uh, tomorrow, we also do have the eighth installment of the January 6th Unselect Committee. Ladies and gentlemen, and I know you guys are just dying to see those proceedings. So we got that happening primetime tomorrow. It just so happens that the Sea Report is also a primetime show. So we'll have to see what we're going to do. But I want to make sure that uh, Nigeria and also my endearing audience also that they get the rap on uh, Newland in Ukraine, okay? In case you didn't get it the first two times around, we're going to do it one more time. But more so, for the sake of Nigeria, they need to get the heck away from Newland and anyone else that set up these regime change operations in their nation. 
All right, guys, with that said, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Sea Report. Thank you all if you are here joining us from rumble.com, twitch.tv, uh, thefoxhole.app, pill.net, clouthub.app, maybe. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you give us a like. Make sure you give us a subscribe. Make sure you give us a rumble, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so that we may, I may continue to do the work that I do here and that, uh, you know, maybe, just maybe, it'll get a little bit bigger and a little bit deeper as we run along. Now, if you haven't had enough of this face tonight, ladies and gentlemen, rest assured, in about T-minus 24 minutes, I will be hanging out with the bartender over at the Speak Uneasy Lounge, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of This Is News. It's back. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Make sure you come on out and hang out tonight. T-minus 24 minutes. We'll be back on the air. You can catch the Speak Uneasy's channel over at thefoxhole.appill.net, twitch.tv, Twitter, Facebook, or come on back around to Mr. CTV's Rumble channel. We'll be live. Can't wait to see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, before we bid adieu, allow my very, very... Short words. Be safe. Be blessed. And God bless America. We'll see you soon. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Though victory is proof of the skills you possess, defeat is the proof of your grit. A weakling can smile in his days of success, but at trouble's first sign, he will quit. So the test of the heart and the test of your pluck isn't skies that are sunny and fair but how do you stand to the blow that is struck and how do you battle despair a fool can seem wise when the pathway is clear and it's easy to see the way out but the test of a man's judgment is something to fear and what does he do when in doubt and the proof of his faith is the courage he shows when sorrows lie deep in his breast it's the way that he suffers, the griefs that he knows, that bring out his worst or his best. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many who serve when the victory's near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It's the way you hold out against odds that are great 
that proves what your courage is worth. It's the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory's nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin, unless it is proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.